Welcome one and all to Last Stop Penn Station podcast featuring Carrie Silken and Ian Riccoboni. They dive deep into Carrie's wealth of stories and no subject is off limits. From the world of wrestling to his ticket agency, growing up in New Jersey, drug-fueled underground days, hustling in the French Quarter of New Orleans, and endless days and nights in New York City, every story is worth telling. Welcome, everybody. Once again, Last Stop Penn Station, Ian Riccoboni, Carrie Silicon. Carrie, we're starting with a tribute today with the departed Kamala, the Ugandan giant. One of the greats. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. R.I.P. Kamala. Um, Interesting Ring of Honor tie-in that wrestled Brian Danielson for the championship on on a non-Ring of Honor show, no less. Yeah, I wasn't even aware of that. (laughs) And then in 2009, I guess my grandmother or my father told me years ago, don't speak ill of the dead. You know, uh, I didn't have a good experience with Kamala. We had booked him in 2009 for uh, the WrestleMania weekend. Mm -hmm. Supercard. It was, wasn't it the weekend? Yeah, yeah, I think I think it was 2009 uh, in maybe Houston. Okay. Yeah. And we had Bushwhacker Luke, who wonderful. Who? <laughs> and I was saying, who do you know who would be easy to work with? He suggested Kamala. Luke's never steered me wrong except this one time. So I had to do all this rearranging of the travel. He was going somewhere in Chicago, and it was expensive to start with, and. Uh, he didn't really want to do much in the ring. Sure. He was already 55, 57. Right. Yeah. And the deal was we were going to split the autograph money because by the time I got him to Houston and got him out of Houston to where the next place he was going, I'd already spent like $600 and um, he didn't really have to do anything. And it looked like you know we had like a pre-sale of maybe uh, 1,200 people. So mm. we knew we were going to get a good house. Yeah. So um, he was good on the show. I remember they did something with Bobby Dempsey. <laughs> right. And Bobby, Bobby had the paint. You can see that now on the Ring of Honor YouTube page. We put it up and right. uh, you can watch it in full. Yeah. That was fun. Um, and he seemed like a nice guy. But here's what happened. <laughs> at, at the end, you know, we should have been on the ball more. And um, when the autograph signing was done, Luke did like 900 bucks. Wow. So we, which we split, you know, he was thrilled. Mm -hmm. And uh, Kamala had like double the line. Really? Yes. Wow. All right. You know, Luke was around more. Yeah. And he'd been to a number of Ring of Honor shows and, I don't think Kamala had been to a lot of uh, to any to many of these conventions or WrestleMania weekends. But anyway, when it came time to get the money from Kamala, he's like, I took in four fifty. Like, and I grabbed Sid. <laughs> right. And uh, whatever. Uh, that's the way it goes. Uh, you know, God bless. God rest. You know, rest in peace, Kamala. It's OK. Uh, but. That was my uh, my little experience with him. He said he was a nice a nice guy. He was fun, a nice, fun guy. He was a nice man, except for robbing us. <laughs> well, John Thorne of uh, what is it AIW also had a similar experience. Did he? he took a little bit of a heat on social media. You know, morning. That's why I didn't post. You know, yeah. so I, I could give you could give me the heat now, folks. But that's why when Kamala passed away, I wasn't gonna. Uh, say anything uh he he went through some really rough times he did and um, but what a career i mean how many how many wrestlers can say they wrestled hulk hogan andre the giant all the von erics jerry lawler daniel bryan you know brian danielson I, it's incredible i mean to span you know to come just at the right time to face just about a who's bret hart Shawn michaels he wrestled everybody and i was listening today to um 
the uh, Bowdrin and ba- and Barry Rose podcast. Barry mm-hmm. Rose, a good guy. Um, so is Jeff Bowdrin. Um, they're very knowledgeable. They had on a, a guy who would, who had just uh, there was an, apparently there's a biography or an autobiography mm-hmm. on Kamala and uh, the. Kamala claimed the most money he ever made. You would think it was WWF. Yeah, Russell Hogan, the garden. He said it was in Mid-South. Really? Yeah, that that, maybe that's why he was in the fleecing mode, because he got fleeced. (laughs) Right? I mean, so you got to put your defense mechanisms up sometimes, I guess, if you've been, you know. Right. Happened to you. So, um, and this, this goes back to... The old days of, and we touched on this, I think, in one of our last episodes, that a lot of the black wrestlers got taken advantage of uh, financially Mm -hmm. and in other ways by the promoters for many years. And uh, but that's uh, that's what Kamala said, at least in this book. So. Yeah. Found that interesting. Any any body any body slammed Andre the Giant? Yeah, he body slammed Andre and uh, before Hogan did. Before well, in between Hogan, in between uh, the first time Hogan did it because he did it in Allentown, I think. In, in really, 80, in eighty or eighty one, yeah. Uh, and then he did it again, obviously in eighty seven at WrestleMania three. But yeah, he did it in in between and. Yeah, that's a short list, though. I mean, it was it was them, Ronnie Garvin, and Harley Race, I think, and uh, that's just about all the guys that Andre uh, let let slam him. So, right, and uh, it, it was always that he. Oh, I think didn't it happen in Mexico too, like maybe once. Most likely, yeah, right. yeah. Very interesting. Incredible. Well, Kamala, uh, one of a kind character, and uh, that's for sure. That's uh, we're all about characters here. And today, we're going to be hearing about Shredded Ed, which has piqued my interest. Shredded Ed sounds like it sounds like Stefan, you know, from Saturday Night Live when he says he's meeting all these characters. Oh, there's a there's a new club opening. Shredded Ed will be dancing. In the, that's some of these stories remind me. <laughs> I hear these names and these characters and places. Well, he didn't come into it being called Shredded Ed. Okay. I gave him that name. Right. Once, once getting to know him. So let's walk everybody back. Yeah, though. That's, that's, coming, yeah. coming back after, you know, and got a lot of good feedback from the Joe Savage uh, stories. And I found on Facebook, um, there's a, a Facebook group of, you know, I was talking so much and I'll be talking more today about this boom of the clubs in, in, in Jersey, Long Island, and a uh, little bit in PA and Connecticut uh, that existed back then. And I found a Facebook group specifically about that. Wow. So I posted uh, the pictures I had of Joe Savage, mm-hmm. as well as our, uh, they don't like they don't like when you promote your own stuff. Sure. But they allowed me to post the uh the, the last podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I asked on that, there's just like 5,000 members. I asked, does anybody remember? Yeah, I'm, I'm the man that was there you know, 150 times. I should know this set list. I really want to know that heaven and hell second set set list, not just bits and pieces of it. And uh, there were, there was quite a few responses. Everybody who responded, no one, could fill in the blanks of the set list. But everybody responded and says, yeah, I saw him at uh, the Hound and Hare in uh, Terrytown, New York. What a show. I saw him so-and-so. Everybody was like, you know, uh, everybody uh, was blown away. But I've yet to be able to fill in the blanks. I also found on Facebook, but he hasn't responded to me yet, his brother, who was the sound man. Okay, Mike. yeah. And... Uh, I'm hoping to get hold of him, but uh, yeah, people. Uh, there's people out there that saw him, and uh, Joe's still around. Yeah, you know, not not uh, actively playing as far as I know, but uh, man, I wish there was footage of that, but there just isn't. Yeah, sounds incredible, and and you know, like every- you would want to have footage of. Early Springsteen at the right. Stone Pony or something. Stuff like that turns up, Carrie. I mean, right. it's not it's not out of the realm of possibility. I mean, you. I'm frequently shocked what turns up on some of these YouTube channels, you know, some of uh, Steve Forbert concerts before he hit it big from CBGB's, you know, and 
and uh, some of the other artists that that I love just, just show up out of thin air sometimes. So right. we'll keep our eyes peeled. I'll set a Google alert <laughs> for Joe Savage. There, if you Google them, there's so little about them. Yeah. Um, but let's hope we. Uh, so I came back from Joe Savage. My myself and Gary. We ba- we talked about bailing out on Joe Savage right after Sammy Davis, right after the Amazing Creskin. Right. Yeah. And Wizard wanted to go on their own, which mm-hmm. we discussed. Right. And it just didn't work. Yeah. It didn't work. You know, and these guys were just such knockout musicians, but it, it didn't matter. So this left me in a position where, I mean, from the time I had gotten back and reunited with my beloved friend, Jeff, uh, that's when this uh, drug, this cocaine uh, use and uh being involved with dealing it just for the, you know, the other reason, I didn't want to be a drug dealer. I wanted to be able to have as much cocaine as possible. <laughs> Hold on. So, so, okay. Um, again, we've, we've established I've taken no drugs. Is this an addiction thing or is this you're growing up as a little kid and you want to own Toys R Us just for the idea of being all around all the toys? It's an addiction thing. Okay. Once, once, you know, I enjoyed uh, drinking and weed smoking. I didn't enjoy. We, we talked about. <laughs> we talked <laughs> oh, about geez. the great Charlie Star. Yeah, and that that PCP stuff, Ooh. the Angel Dust, whatever you call it. Uh, you know, I, I had a, I, that wasn't something I wanted to pursue. Okay. And same with my my minor run run with psychedelics, mm. some LSD trips. Yeah. Just wasn't for me. But when I did the cocaine, the first time, not the it wasn't the first time, but the first time I sat down with real cocaine that was good. It's like. It just took that one time for me to be like, this is something, uh, you know, once I got once I got familiar with it, I liked the way I felt doing it. I liked the way it felt being in my pocket. Mm. And the only way I didn't have any money, the only way for me to uh, obtain this was to be this small time suburban shit ass drug dealer uh and i had a natural ability to hustle maybe it was from the days of canvassing sure. knocking door to door maybe you know it, 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 that that ability stayed with me through all the years through the ticket business mm-hmm. which hopefully we'll see again one day yeah hopefully but spring is coming. Yes, hopefully. spring will come again. Yes. But <clears throat> to uh, to be able to do this cocaine like I wanted to, and Jeff also, we had to be able to, you know, buy it, sell it, and get more. Mm-hmm. And it was, I don't ever think for one minute, there was a time where I thought, Ooh, I'm, you know, the plan was always you were going to make money. Yeah, you're right. gonna, <laughs> yeah. And I was, I did successfully do that. And and folks, you know, I'm not here to advise. I'm here. This, if anything, this should be a deterrent for anybody who thinks there's fast money, easy money, um, fun in drug dealing uh, of any of any nature. It's dangerous. It's not healthy. You're hurting other people. Uh, you yourself are gonna. It, there's no. There's no future in it. So, but there were some times where I was able to buy, like you know, I don't know, a couple ounces of weed and make small packages. That, you know, because it just was the consumption factor for me wasn't there. Mm-hmm. Once I had the larger amounts of the cocaine, I just wanted to do it all. Wow. You know, and, and uh, you know, you, you, you would, you would cut the cocaine with these, 
with, the, with these various uh, powders that, to dilute it. Mm. And, uh, you know, eventually you'd have stuff that's so weak, you know, you'd, you'd get a bad reputation. You know, you know, I'm not, I wasn't selling on the street corners. It's I was like selling eBay feedback. I was selling, right. Yeah. I, see, I was selling to people I knew. Mm. And people in bars, and, and you know, okay. and it's local. Yeah, you know, and uh, well, so, how did so you get it? Well, upon coming back, and this is going on during the whole the short-lived wizard. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're talking so, seventy-six into seventy-seven. Okay, Jeff had met this guy. He was another suburban kid. Uh, let's just call him Stewie. Okay, and. Stewie, when I, Stewie turned us on to this other guy, Shredded Ed. Okay. While that was going on, and it might have been at that New Year's Eve, that one wizard show, New mm-hmm. Year's Eve. In Maryland? Uh, no, that okay. was at that Julio's in, okay. in, in Warren, New Jersey. Yeah. I met this, I met a third guy. This guy, George, he looked like he should be in Van Halen. Hmm. And uh, so between Stewie, Shredded Ed, and Shredded Ed and Stewie knew each other, but I don't think they liked each other. Yeah. So, and then there was George. So between the three of them, right, mm-hmm. we would, and you never had to pay up front. Maybe the first time I bought from George, yeah, I had to pay up front. But once you establish some kind of uh, reputation, reputation and credentials, then they would give you like not too much, but if you had enough for a quarter ounce, they would give you a half ounce. You have enough, mm. okay? So sounds like Amway, except very illegal, right? Yeah. And. <laughs> What would happen would be we're getting in debt to all three parties oh, so you, you, at the really same time. Can't get out. Right. So you so we owe shredded ed money. So we'll get some we'll get some from Stewie. Oh try no. to sell that. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, I see George. George gives me some and before you know it, you're accruing these these numbers yeah. with these people. And you're wanting to snort it. Well, you're always wanting to snort it. Oh, Jesus. And, and uh, yeah, it, it, it's it's awful. Um, but uh, there's no real, there's some stories I'll try to weave into this about these particular guys. Um, the Well, before I go on to some rock and roll, one nice thing Shredded Ed ever did. Okay. One, he did one more than one nice thing. Because he was like a, he, once again, he was like a Fonzie character. Okay. Not a Ponzi character. <laughs> well, Fon- he was running a Ponzi scheme, but yeah. Well, was, yeah, and I was thinking, I was thinking, I was telling my friend today who was over uh, this afternoon, I was who listens to our podcast faithfully, our friend Chris M. And he's saying, oh, you guys are doing podcasts tonight. He goes, I love the last few of them. I go, well, thank you. And then he said he, he too was fascinated about Shredded Ed. And uh, Chris, uh, I know from uh, going to the uh, going to the meetings, you know, so mm-hmm. he's he's reco- in recovery. So yeah. anyway, uh, Shredded, I was trying to describe Shredded Ed to him. <laughs> and like 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 his background, like so what I learned after meeting him that Shredded Ed's vocation prior to the uh, to the cocaine was he was a um, what uh, what do they call that when you're to, to remove bugs from your house? Exterminator. Yeah, you're right. Thank you. <laughs> oh, geez. An exterminator. He was an exterminator. But. <laughs> Due to the fumes oh. from the uh, chemicals of the exterminate from the exterminating, he had some lawsuit going. Yeah. So he was uh, looking for this cash bounty. <laughs> I don't blame him. Some of the stuff they used to, I mean, DDT was was legal for a long, long time, and 
There's a lot of things they used to put in those chemicals that aren't legal now. So <laughs> that was that was his job when he was working. I didn't some but somehow he fell into cocaine. And even though he was probably in his late 30s, um, he he too discovered the cocaine probably within a year before I did. Mm-hmm. And he was in the same boat. Okay. You know, as I was, uh, as most people that do cocaine, any of our listeners, <laughs> any, of, any of our listeners, and there's plenty out there that have done cocaine or know about the horrors of it, know the cycle. And it's like, what, talk about the old uh, saying, one's too many and a thousand's never enough. Oh, It applies to that. Okay. It's like that first, that first little sniff is the best yeah. and then you're just chasing oh you're, it's it's like a game all right yeah gambling it's yeah. it's 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 no different than that yeah. it's that you know it's the that high uh and you'd and you'd rather be uh so t- just to be in the game anyway mm-hmm. so that that was some of ed's background yeah um George's background <laughs> i i don't know except he uh he just, you know, he just hustled, you know, he hustled drugs. Mm-hmm. But um, there was, a, once again, this just vicious, horrible cycle that went on. And, oh, the one nice thing that Ed did. Mm-hmm. Um, he was going out with this girl that was a that was a hooker. OK. But she wasn't a street. I had some experience with street hookers, um, females. Mm-hmm. Uh, as a young man, because we would go into the city. Um, when we would go to these concerts at the Garden, you know, yeah. I talked about going to Zeppelin and seeing uh, Wings Over America and Quadrophenia. We'd be around, you know, the Eighth Avenue, Times Square area. Mm-hmm. And I noticed, you know, when we would take the bus, the bus would drop you at Port Authority, and when you would walk down Eighth Avenue. If it was from dusk on, people are going to think I'm making this up. And many a person that has been with me at the Hammerstein, when we walked out in the neighborhood, I would tell a lot of our friends, I think including you, the story, how the girls on 8th Avenue, starting at 40th Street, where Port Authority block, you know, block ends. uh, So going down 40th, 39th, Right down to 34th Street, I guess sort of sort of stopped by 35th Street because 34th was too major. Yeah, that's a that's a major artery right. and you're by the but garden and all that. There were these girls shoulder to shoulder. I'm not making this up. If they weren't so shoulder to shoulder, they were maybe socially distanced at three feet apart. Wow. And we're talking hundreds of them. Really? Hundreds of them. And this is 74? Yeah. 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 So I remember my good friend Dale, who went on me with the road trip to Greenville, Tennessee. Right. Right. I got a nice picture of Dale. I'm going to put it up in in memoriam. Uh, And I found a picture of Joe Aaron's also. The great Joe Aaron. The great ticket salesman. No, no. Joe Frozen Stiff. Oh, oh. (laughs) yes. (laughs) So. I remember it was it was Dale's birthday. Was it his 18th birthday? Probably. Who knows? Could have been his 19th or his 17th. Didn't matter. And I hadn't had any experience yet with uh, these these female hookers, but I knew where they were. Mm. That much I knew. Yeah. And I knew that they. I think I asked my cousin Mike. How much are those girls in the city? Because he had some dalliances with them. It's like, <laughs> well, you know, like 20 bucks. Sometimes you could go over by uh, Lincoln, by 9th Avenue and 10th Avenue. And they're like, you know, $10. He says, but, but you got to be careful. Mm. I go, well, what do you mean you got to be careful? He goes, well, sometimes they're not girls. Okay. And you really can't tell the difference. Sure. I go, well, what about the girls on 8th Avenue? What about the, he goes, no, those, those, those are women. Because you got to be careful, though. I go just about, you know, you're just, just 
general safety. Sure. Uh, so anyway, I remember Dale's birthday. I think between us, I'm the. I think I was the one who was treating. So it was my money. So, so it wasn't, you were generous even back then. You well, were, yeah. <laughs> so it was going to, it was, uh, I might have had 50 bucks on me. And uh, I don't think Dale had any money and, uh, or he had a few dollars. So the plan was to go into the city and I was going to, I was going to partake also. Mm-hmm. And after we got to the city, we went and had a few beers, you know, and uh, it boils down to this. I had $40 left and we needed bus fare to get home. Sure. All right. Yeah. So we're going up and down 8th Avenue and the girls, do you, do you know what they would say to you? No. Well, you know, <laughs> they, did you think they might say? Oh, do you want to fuck? No, no, no. There was a common thing. Yeah. Honey, you're looking for a date? Oh, that's very nice. Yeah. yeah that's that's very, very, nice. very pleasant. I wasn't <laughs> expecting something that pleasant. Are you looking for a date? What if, what if, so? well, we can digress later, but what if somebody was like, yeah, why don't we go down to the bar and. Oh, they'd say, well, they'd quickly. <laughs> okay. They, they'd they would smarten, smarten them up. Okay. Yes, okay. Exactly. All right. So. We're, you know, there's there's 200 women. Wow. And, you know, all shapes, all sizes, mm-hmm. some 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 not so nice, some half half decent looking. And uh, that's where the action was. So. They all wanted they like it was like a union scale. Very, very good. Yeah, we like we like when workers. <laughs> they wanted. $20. Okay. And honey, you need another $5 for the room. Okay. Well, that was over our budget. Right. That would have left us, you know, that I could have sent Dale by himself. Yeah. But I was figuring out, ah, let me let me take a shot at this too. So I would have I would have I would have acquiesced mm-hmm. and let Dale do his thing. But this this kindly woman, uh, at the time, I I would guess you know to me she looked a little older. When I say older, she was probably in her early thirties, right? Okay. Yeah, about my age, yeah. <laughs> right. she, she wasn't a knockout, but she was a nice looking lady, and she had been watching us oh. with the dozens of other men who were cruising the area mm-hmm. and. And she'd she'd seen that, you know, we must not have the money because we're, you know, these other her 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 workmates are turning us down. Right. So unbeknownst to us, as we're walking by where she is, Mm -hmm. she approaches us and she does not. And and she she says, hey, boys, you're looking for a date. And we're and I, and I was at this point I was like, yeah, but we don't have enough money. <laughs> so you just you just threw it out there. <laughs> so, so she's like, well, what do you got, honey? I go, well, I mean, all you guys want twenty dollars and five dollars for the room. I just don't have enough. She goes, baby, I'll tell you what. Is it for for both of you? I go, well, that would be really nice. She goes, how about 15 each and five for the room? This left me bus fare. Yeah. And maybe enough money for another quart of beer each, you know, which might have been 65 cents at the time. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we're like, okay, cool. I'm like, well, where do we go? And she's like, don't worry, baby. I got us. I got you. So I could show you the door. It exists to this day on 8th Avenue between 38th and 39th Street. The last time I walked by it after a Ring of Honor show at the uh, Hammerstein, for some reason, my car was parked at Port Authority that 
that we I came in early. I could, didn't go to the lot next. Yeah. And as I walked by it, it's still there. So this, I'm we're following her up Eighth Avenue, and I'm nervous as hell. And the last thing I'm, you know, I'm I'm, I'm about as unhorny as you could be. <laughs> Not in, you know, and it wasn't like oof, oof. Not the opposite, right? So. Somewhere between 38th and 39th Street, there's a buzzer, hmm. and it still exists today. So the really? last time I saw it, it had been turned into an Albanian restaurant. <laughs> but here's the thing: you have to go down a flight of stairs. Oh, and I learned later in life, when we get into more of our Hoboken section of the late 80s. Mm -hmm. Uh, there was a bar I used to go to called Redheads. Okay. And Redheads, you familiar with Hoboken at all? Not particularly. Well, when you get off the path train, mm -hmm. uh, there's a ton of action with people just getting off the path. She had a great location. Mm -hmm. And there was one problem with her location. There was four steps oh, down. Okay. So there were oftentimes people would stand at the front door I just sort of look, they just weren't sure mm. like what this place is like. Yeah. As opposed to just walking through a door. That's interesting. But back to the uh, this uh, nice lady. So she hits this buzzer. Mm -hmm. And all I see is this flight. This is no four steps. This is a long flight of steps <laughs> going down. And it's dark. I think it was the summertime, but it was, it wasn't well lit. I'm like, where the hell is she taking us? This is no good. So we go down and around a little curve and there was a guy at a desk and he, she, oh, as we're going down a step, she stops and she says, give the man at the desk your $5 each. We're like, oh, okay. So the guy's at the desk. Mm -hmm. And I we give the guy the I give the guy the ten bucks. He don't say nothing. He was sort of like C.C. Harris. He's like, yeah. <laughs> now, now she walks us further. And you ever been in a uh, adult bookstore with the booths? No. Never. No. Never. Never. <laughs> Never. <laughs> Carrie, I don't know what you're getting me to try to. Get me admit to well, what, uh, I'm trying to, what I'm trying to do is uh, uh, create this book. This place was set up sort of like an adult bookstore. What I'm referring to is it, it you know, now you think you're going to a place to, to have sex with a hooker and you can have some privacy, mm -hmm. right? Well, you did have privacy. It was thin plywood. So in other words, she walks us to this corridor hmm. and there's, we're on one corridor, but I could see there was more than one. And there's on each side of us to the right and left, there's like booth one, two, three, four, oh. five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 10. Wow. There must have been like 16 booths. Plus another sixteen, and you and the, the, there's plywood. So you're hearing everything. You're hearing everything. Oh, and you know they used to call the wrestlers the old grunt and groaners. Oh, so you're here, and then there's a little. You know there's there's a, there's there's um. Geez, there's so many Jethro Tull references I can make. You know, it's, it, 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 our, 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 our ROH scene, look what, yeah. she's crawling down the corridor. Well, that was that corridor, you know, on, and uh, then, you know, then sitting, there's a park bench, <laughs> right? There's a little, there wasn't even a park bench. It was like a guy took a piece of plywood yeah. and the, the thinnest uh, posts that could create a small bench, yeah. you know, a, a true park bench would have been like a luxury. Exactly. <laughs> so she so she says, so now she, so now there we are. And she says, OK, who wants she goes, OK, who wants to go first? Oh, wow. Right. So I'm like, you go, Dale. <laughs> right. So. <laughs> I got a lot of questions about what came next, Carrie. Well, 
Oh my god. So now, <laughs> now I'm sitting on a park bench. Oh. Not even a park bench. I'm sitting on this bench. So you're like in the you're in the bullpen. I'm in, I'm on the bench. And the bench is like dead center <laughs> of all this, all these stuff. I'm here, and you know every sexual sound you could imagine. And this is crazy because this is all going on in the middle of New York City underground. There's millions of people in there who don't know any of this is happening. Right. And yet the people that are there. And there it's was the most... probably dozens of these places oh in that God. area. You know, there were cheap, wow. there were cheap hotels. But anyway. Yeah. So there I am. <laughs> on the bench and the last thing I'm thinking of is oh this is going to be great ooh 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 and uh, there goes Dale he had the you know I had given him the money and it couldn't have been more than three minutes mm. and he comes out yeah. and he gives me like like the classic you know, from the from the little rascals like Porky or Buckwheat with like the, you know, OK. Because okay. <laughs> <laughs> how else do you react to that? I mean, well, like, you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you don't know. So now it's my turn. Oh, jeez. Oh, my goodness. I remember I remember this. The lady was was very nice. And I remember saying to her, I go. I've never been with a prostitute before. <laughs> she goes, don't worry, honey. And uh, she was very nice. And wow. uh, she made you very relaxed. Yeah. And it was a happy ending for all. Yeah. And uh, that was my first experience. Another one. Another, there's, there's more than one. <laughs> well, well, we're going to get to shredded it. Yeah, okay. We got... Uh, Eventually, when we got a little, I don't know if we either got more savvy or more stupid. Mm. Fine line. We, we discovered a place right on 42nd Street between 7th and 8th. That's where the M&M store is now. I mean, yeah, the like, M&M store, right? <laughs> it's it's pretty much right there. On the, on the <laughs> north side of the street. Okay. So maybe both sides of the both sides of the street were festooned with the all night movies, mm -hmm. some sex movies, yeah. some regular movies. The adult bookstores were in full swing. Yeah, uh, a lot of famous photos from that time where you see the deep throat on the uh, on the marquee and movies like that. It, right. the green green door and right. And I had seen the movie Midnight Cowboy. Oh, okay, with John Travolta. With with. Dustin Hoffman oh, yep. and uh, John Voight. John Voight, okay, yeah. And uh, so I knew that there were these, I knew, and I saw some once I, uh, you know, there were these dudes that stood in front of the theaters. Mm -hmm. Those were the only, it's funny, now that I think about it, the only prostitution besides the dating room uh, but it's the only uh, these females tended to stay away from 42nd Street. Interesting. They were on 8th Avenue. They were on 9th Avenue, 10th Avenue. But um, there were some guys that would hang in front of the movie theaters. But uh, let's talk about the dating room. So it's, someone turned us on to the dating room as if it's this fabulous place and it's a bargain. I go, what kind of bargain? <laughs> it's, just, it's 15 bucks, man. It's really so. We went there a whopping one time. What a disgusting place. Mm. You had to go up an elevator. Uh, oh, yeah, I was talking about 42nd Street. The south side of 42nd Street, it, 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 it's so hard to explain, Ian, but there was just like little areas where certain drugs were being hustled. There was a lot of ripoff artists because these kids would come Mm -hmm. from Long Island, New Jersey, or wherever, the suburbs. So they were selling, you know, they were selling fake drugs. Ah, they'd get the marks. Right, yeah. because they didn't, you know, the, the penalties for selling uh, real cocaine were, were severe. You could get weed, but yet on this north side of 42nd, near 8th Avenue, it was like a, a convention of pills. Oh. And... You know, like Valium and uh, Quaaludes, big. No, 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 they didn't have Quaaludes, but they had this stuff called Tuinols. Oh, I've never heard of that. Just yeah, uh, 
And those were legit. But that was just a, like it was just a pocket. Mm-hmm. Anyway, <laughs> what a wonderful street. Yeah. Now, and, now, and now you go there and it's families. Well, pre pandemic is families and people in you know, dress up costumes. Right. And brought in, you know, uh, a, a great companion piece to our podcast, especially these these uh, the ones we've been doing. And our producer, AJ, did you see the deuce? The is the deuce on HBO, which mm-hmm. is about this era. Yeah. Anyway, uh, the dating room. So I think it was an elevator. It might have been two flights of stairs. Uh, and you got off the elevator. And this time it was it was brightly lit and the opposite of the place that nice lady took us. Oh. And it's, it's brightly lit. And there's a guy at a desk. He's elevated. Sort of like <laughs> sort of like, you know, a carnival. Okay. You know, and you're Are you coming by your ticket at the booth? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> the guy's like, he goes, five dollars. And, and then the rest, you negotiate in the back, my man. They like, should have unionized like the other girls. They, the other girls had it right. Well, we go, we give, we pay the $5 and yeah. the guy hands you a ticket. Okay. But just like you, you know, like the little ticket you would get like yeah, for a like raffle. raffle. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That's a nice touch. He hands you a ticket. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went in the back. And good God. If you were to take, if there were the 200 girls out on 8th Avenue, which were there right then, mm-hmm. and probably would have taken the bottom 10% of them, they were in the dating room. Oh, wow. Okay. So what it came down to was you either forfeited your $5 and just left <laughs> or picked the least disgusting girl. Oh, my goodness. Because it was a shabby bunch, to say the least. Aww. And I, I, my experience, I hold nothing back on this podcast. Yeah. You know, this is just life experiences. Um, more people should do. More people should talk honestly. <laughs> but people are married but I'll tell my stories Um, I'm not embarrassed so I uh, I quickly picked this one woman who was like the least of the worst Mm. because I was like with three friends which would thus there was probably 20 ladies there so your odds would decrease right yeah and so she takes me this place had fine safety standards, though. Yeah. That much I could say. Okay. Thicker walls? No. No. <laughs> the first thing she asked me to do was I go in the back and oh, it's, it was $10, mm-hmm. right? $10 for. Uh, so 15 total between the entry right, fee and the. Right. Yeah. $10. And it was you whatever you wanted to do, right? But we're $10. And so I give her the 10 and she says, pull down your pants. I'm like, and she has a bucket. And the first thing she does is she grabs your junk and checks it. So there's not like visible gonorrhea. You know what? Safety first. <laughs> I w- we've talked about this. I was a sex educator at NYU. If if you're gonna have some standards, you might as well you might as well have something, right? <laughs> you might as well have protection. You might as well do visual checks. I'm for that. I endorse that. Well, that was that was the part with that. It didn't end there. There were the the, the, the safety protocols were were were. Uh, we should have safe sex workers. Were to the highest regard because after if you pass that that uh, uh, hurdle, yeah. The next thing she did was. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> she took a she took a, a fresh a brand new towel and some water, some warm water and she uh washed off your your private parts. That's nice. To uh <laughs> to her satisfaction. And then uh then the uh the rest was uh academic. Can I ask you a couple questions? Uh, oh yeah. Uh, first documented case of HIV is around seventy nine eighty. Any concerns about anything other than gonorrhea? 
I mean, herpes, gonorrhea, those are all known no, by then. I wasn't thinking about that think stuff about, at the time. Uh, condoms? Are they? I wasn't uh, going to do anything that most likely would regard where condoms okay. would commonly be used. Okay, gotcha. And um, yeah, there's another there's another big question, but I think we'll save that for a more important podcast. Well, we only went to the dating room one time. Can you blame us? No. <laughs> but guess what? I'll tell you about a situation that's makes that's worse. Really? I didn't listen to my cousin's advice. Oh, Mike G never steers you wrong though. Right. So one night, my once again, Dale had this big it was like a Delta like a Delta 88 1963 and it was a convertible. Oh wow. And it was our friend Joe's <laughs> Joe Squillis's birthday. So it was, I know I knew it was Dale, myself, Joe Squillis, and there was a third a fourth. It might have been my good old Gary who was with me on the Savage trip. Mm-hmm. And we went in, right? Now it was a steaming, you know, it was like the the meatloaf song. Okay. It was a hot summer night. How's it going? Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um it was just like it is tonight. It was a hot summer night and we didn't have a lot of money. And I was like, ooh, I remember my cousin told me if we go over to Ninth Avenue and 10th Avenue, uh, there's really cheap girls. I go, but we got to be careful, you know, because he told me that some of them might be guys. And <laughs> and, and back then, you know, that uh, now, you know, you're free to express yourself and there's even it's on the open on the internet if you if that's something you enjoy it, you can arrange that but back then I, I would assume that it was much more frowned upon and had a huge stigma right and well as it turned out that that did not uh, come into the picture mm-hmm. but what came into the, here's the picture we're on we're on 10th Avenue You've been on 10th Avenue. It's, sure. it's very industrial. Yeah. Maybe, maybe now it's different. No, I mean, when we run Terminal 5, uh, right. they, it's mostly industrial buildings. The fabric buildings are over there in, in the garment district as you go further down. Well, and this is in the, like the, for, in, in the 40s, going into the 30s from mm-hmm. like 45th Street yeah. to 35th Street. It gets quieter and darker. And well, not, not on a summer night. Of uh, of August of the mid seventies, there's hundreds of these uh, hookers out really? there. Really, you see, and we got the, and we got the uh, we got the um, the convertible down. Okay, so we're not even we're like just looking like holy shit. Talk about cops and rot. You know, it's like you see you see pimps. Once again, watch the deuce. You mm-hmm. see pimps and you could see a cop car on the side. They're not even giving a shit. And, you mm. know, all these women. Well, all of a sudden, two women jump in the car. Excuse me? Yes. <laughs> we were at a light. We were at a light. And two women jump in the car. And, um, I, I, you know, none of my friends, I was the one who had to do all the talking. Did they need help? Yeah. Okay. And I'm like, she's like, oh, you know, come on. The the one who's in the, I'm in the back. This is a, this is a lady. And she was a big lady. Okay. And there's another one in the front. And I'm like, hey, hey, we just want to get one of our friends, you know, a girl. And she's like, come on, baby, come on. And I remember the, the, so all of a sudden, what comes on the radio? This will tell you what year it is. Remember that great disco hit? Um, which I'm gonna do, which I'm gonna miserably fail to reproduce here. Um, da, da, take me in your arms, rock me, baby. Oh, Andy Gibb, was that Andy Gibb? No, no. <laughs> take me in your arms, rock me, baby. Wow, you stumped me on that one. Well, that was a top top ten hit at the time. Yeah, which I'm not which I'm not, not doing it much justice. <laughs> but the the girl in the back. Next to me, mm-hmm. who wanted us all to have a good time, <laughs> she starts singing. Wow. At the top of her lungs, as we're still at the light, take me in your car, fuck me, baby. Holy. Ha, ha, ha. 
Wow. <laughs> uh, we got to we got we had to filter the song into this podcast. But <laughs> so I'm like I'm like uh, miss. <laughs> I just want to get someone for our friend it's his birthday. She goes to me, she puts her arm around me. She says, "Come on, baby. Come on, baby." And then, and then, as if this was going to sell me as as a fabulous bargain and something to make me be like, okay, she goes after doing one more chorus of of the "fuck me, baby" song. Holy she, crap! She goes, and, I, and I'm 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 demurring from yeah. her request. She goes, she pulls out, she pulls out from her her. Her, her top one giant titty oh my. and she, she she like my my it would be like this this come on baby oh my god let's party give me another five dollars suck titty and everything oh jeez i would not suck have lasted titty this. and everything i would not have survived the 70s i, I would have been de- i would have either locked myself in the house or been dead there's no in between there's no there's no in between Somehow, I think we gave her. I didn't suck titty and everything. Oh, good. Well, I think good. I gave her five dollars to get out to, of the just car to get loose. And yeah. then we, we I thought yeah. you were going to tell me she needed help, and then she needed clearly needed other kind of help. But I thought you were going to tell me that she was running away from somebody. Or, no, no, wow. no, no, no. These these girls were vicious. I mean, mm. you really had to be careful. Um, there, so, and that scam. You know, to, when I was going to college. The scam of the uh, of the free merchandise that would go on with CDs of guys giving you mixtapes. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I can't stand that. Yeah, no. Thankfully, that's kind of well. This, come and this gone, really but. wasn't a scam, <laughs> but you know, there, there, it, it was insane. It yeah. was insane. It was insane. It was dangerous. Yeah. Uh, you know, the classic thing was you had, and I, I was hip to this. I mean, I didn't have any money anyway, but you had to make sure, you know. Your wallet yeah, and any valuables, person. because if your pants are down, I don't mm. have to explain the rest. Sure. Uh, they're going through them. Yeah. You know, there's very few of them that wouldn't. Right. You know, it's just like it's like it's like a requirement of the job. <laughs> <laughs> you know, unless you, unless maybe it was a regular customer. Yeah. But these are not regular customers. So, yeah, there were some. Uh, there was some. Uh, That's the craziest. That's insane. Yeah, there, there's a few others, but we're going to get to shredded. Yeah, Ed, let's, so let's we, get to shredded. Ed, because we're, now we're, we're going to go to the others. Now we, we, we went from the lowest to the low. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> oh yeah, I I, I got to throw this in, um, <clears throat> or it'll get lost. Uh, jumping ahead a couple years was the first time I hooked up with a male prostitute okay. in and the city. I was going to ask you about that because, but maybe that could be a bigger episode yeah. one day. Okay. But. So, um, but uh, yeah, so Shredded Ed. Shredded mm-hmm. Ed's going out with this woman, quote unquote, like it's his girlfriend. She's working at, he's telling me she's working at this place. It's on the east side uh, and I'm going to pay for you. You know, hmm. this would cost one hundred fifty dollars. Wow! You know, this is at the same time the dating room was fifteen dollars. Right. So that's so yeah. He brings me to this place. It must. It, it, the address was like I don't know, uh, one twenty two East Forty First Street, like Forty First between Madison and Park. Mm-hmm. I mean, nice neighborhood, and there's there's a bell okay. on the street level. There's no sign. And you hit the bell, they buzz you in. There's a second bell. They buzz you in. And the name of the place was called Caesar's, it was Caesar's Retreat or Caesar's Harem, one of the two. Okay, we, we actually hit on that last time. We mentioned it last time. Right. They were going to say Plato's Retreat. No, not Plato's with, Retreat. <laughs> so you, we went, we go in this place, and Ed's girl was working. Okay. And Ed said to me, look, just pick a girl, go do your thing. And I'm looking, you know, there, once again, there's the guy at the desk, except this guy is, you know, he's polite. Right. Yeah. And, behind, <laughs> and behind the guy is this big wooden menu. Like if you put 
three or four of our posters together. Wow. And it had like Roman numeral one, goddess of your choice, da 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 da, da and the price. Roman numeral. So they were ahead of McDonald's on this. Just make it simple. <laughs> you get you get your choices. The yeah. bat, you get the. I'll you, have yeah. a four. Yeah, and, and that and McDonald's gained great operational efficiency. I can't imagine Caesars also didn't. <laughs> so, I think Ed's girl knew what time he was coming, so she wouldn't be involved Engaged. with something else, someone else. And uh, I found this really. All the all the all the women there were you had to be gorgeous, you know. Mm. And I found this really nice petite girl, and uh, I mean, I was only like twenty one years old, you know. And like mm. they're you know they're used to I'm the average customer there. I'm sure was forty and up mm. most of the time. Yeah, and. Uh, he takes me to this show. You know, I, I go, yeah, I'm Ed's friend. She, oh, cool. Hey, you got any Coke? Oh, and this I, is when it starts to. And she, I, I go, I got to get, he's got some. I go, you go ask. Now he's in the room with his girl. Ah. I go, you go, I go, you better go ask. Because if I go, he's going to be pissed off. Yeah. So she, the, there was nothing to put it on. So she, she was smart, though. Mm. She takes the tissue box. Oh. No, maybe she didn't. But she came back mm -hmm. with the tissue box and a nice pile of Coke that Ed said, here, go, right? And it was fantastic. There was a sunken bathtub. Wow. Yeah. And and uh, so we're talking ma major upgrade from the, right. the park bench yeah. <laughs> right. and, the, and the plywood. The sunken bathtub. And, and a lot of times on cocaine, it's hard. It's a very psychosexual drug, mm. except you can't achieve any kind of completion. Interesting, and because I've heard or it, even get hard, really, yeah. Oh, so did that? I mean, not to get too personal, but did that ever cause any moments of? Not this time. Okay. For some reason, I was able to uh, focus. Was, yeah, I was very comfortable, and she was cool, and uh, that was. Uh, the nicest thing that Shredded had ever did, that's for sure. <laughs> but so we're we're coming up on an hour, uh, so let's. Talk about the triangulation and set up the next episode. So we got Shredded Ed, we got George, and we got the third gentleman, uh, Stuart. Stuart, that you were all, that well, you're they, starting to, to posse scheme. There becomes more. Yeah. And you're getting into some trouble, I assume, at this and point. And there's, there's, there's financial trouble. There's worries about getting busted. Yeah. There's other things. And there's a new band that comes along. Okay. And it's the Bonnie Parker band. Okay. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about them also. Yeah. But uh, see, we had no idea. This, <laughs> this is the beauty of this. Uh, we, we had no idea this episode was going to be dedicated to to basically uh, the world of the world of prostitution. Yeah. In the seventies and a uh, a little. Uh, retrospective of right. how New York was set up. <laughs> it's it's it blows my mind because I lived there for four years. I'm sure some of this was still going on, even though it wasn't on the street as visible. There was an east side neighborhood for some reason on the east side. Now, I mentioned that, that the real nice place is like East 41st, but there was like somewhere in the third. It might have been near the uh, what's that tunnel that goes to Queens, the Midtown Tunnel. Yep. There was an, another whole section down there um and uh when the girls i failed to mention besides the fact and i mentioned that there were very few girl there were like no girl hookers on 42nd then there were a few dudes mm -hmm. but there were dudes above 42nd on 8th avenue and okay. there were no women interesting not a lot of them yeah. And there's a very famous Ramones song, by the way. Yeah. Our good friend Ryan Ginley will be okay. thrilled that I mentioned this. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you might be familiar with this. AJ, you might know the song, but uh, I, I'm not sure which Ramon it was that uh, did some time in this profession as a male hooker on the oh. street. And the name of the song is 53rd and 3rd. Oh, yeah. And wow. nobody would ever think that 53rd and 3rd, right. which was never, it was a business area, somehow became a mecca of male prostitution. Amazing. So this is the kind of stuff 
This is why we want you to subscribe to Last Stop Penn Station. Yeah. This is why we want you to, to tell your friends about Last Stop Penn Station, because you're not going to hear about characters. Very, it's, you know, there, there's eight. I like listening to podcasts, uh, certain ones, and there's like eight million podcasts about wrestling. Yeah. And I listen to the one, the few that I like, mm-hmm. but. Where are you going to hear these stories? <laughs> of- uh, yeah, let's, let's tie it back. Let's tie it back to wrestling because you bring up a good point. Um, so I'll, I'll just hit you some with some different stuff. Uh, what's your family relationship at this point? Are, did you move back in? Are you crashing couch surfing? Uh, yeah, couch surfing. Okay, and uh, staying staying at my parents' house. Are you watching any wrestling? You're still a fan. Still of this watching. Point? Still watching wrestling. Mm-hmm. Uh, Faded out uh, a bit. Um, I remember dragging Jeff a couple times yeah. to the garden. But yeah, still this, paying attention to it. You remember seeing Superstar Billy Graham at all? I was the tripping. Uh, really? Uh, it's a very light acid. Wow. Jeff and I went, and it was him and Bruno. Really? Yeah. Wow. It might have been when Superstar had the belt. Yeah, they didn't want to change the belt in the garden. They and Superstar be... came out, and you know we were on this light you know, psychedelic buzz. And we were like in the 10th row and like the belt was gleaming. Like it was like, you know. Well, they had those weird garden lights too where it was just the, just the ring was lit. Yeah, it was so so cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yes, I was still. uh, What what did Ernie Roth look like, the Grand Wizard? I don't remember. (laughs) I don't remember. Um, Any favorite bands at that point? Because Zeppelin's kind of slowing down. And uh, we talked it off air a little bit. Um, cocaine at the time, you told me, kind of comes into prominence in the early 70s, late 60s, early 70s, based on some rock and roll guys dabbling. How do you find about uh, how do you find out about cocaine for the first time? Well, the first time I ever did it. What do you mean, find out about it? Like just the uh, first time you heard about it on the news or oh, in the. Uh, you you'd hear about it, but it was it was portrayed. As something the stars did. That's something. Wow. Yeah, and you could you could go back and look, or you could ask your dad. Yeah. Or your mom. It mm-hmm. was, you know, and it was even a non-addictive, they would say. And it was a safe drug. And oh. uh, but it was, you know, very glamorous. You know, that was that's uh Well, Studio 54 reopens and brands itself as the Studio 54 we know in 77, I think. Did you ever go to Studio 54? No, nor nor I didn't have any desire to. Okay. And uh, there's a couple of characters that will filter in to the next episode. I made yet another connection. Okay. Uh, George, rock and roll George. I don't know if we talked about this off air or on air. If we talked about on air, I'm sorry. I'm repeating myself. I don't think we did. He used to like to drive into the city to uh, Bleecker Street to this particular barber shop. I don't think we talked about no, this I don't on think air. We, t- we didn't talk about it. Yeah. And we, he went to this barber shop because he knew the barber and he could do, he could do coke in the back with the guy. Oh. And it was like cool and blah, huh. blah, blah. So once I, he, he took me there, you know, it was like a day trip. And then when I was in the city, uh, I stopped in a couple times to see the barber, mm-hmm. get my hair cut and... Uh, I was in there this one time and I had just done some kind of deal where I had a lot of money in my pocket. It wasn't my money. Probably was George's money. It might have been yeah. Shredded Ed's money. <laughs> it might have been the song. And, and, and I had some Coke and a friend of the barber says to me, uh, I know these guys that get this really good stuff. And I'm like, oh, yeah. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're really good guys. Um, they're, they're real cool and discreet. And I, I was like, I, I only trusted this guy because the barber told the barber who I'd met like three or four times was, Carrie, you don't have to worry about Johnny here. He's, yeah. he's cool. So he tells me about Claude and Monty. <laughs> Claude and Monty. Who lived separately. But on the Upper East Side. Okay. And I got to meet them. We'll get into them in the next episode. But they used to go to Studio 54. Really? And were one of the many 
many uh, cocaine uh, distributors. I'm sure the place must have had dozens and dozens of them. Wow. So yeah. it was a special time. It's, it's, it's a wild ride. What, I, I don't know that I, I don't know that I would have lived there or gone there. I mean, I was so prude at 18 in 2005 when it's safe and it's, you know, they're promoting how, you know, you can walk the streets and do all this, you know, and wasn't but 10 years before that when it was still had the reputation of being, you know, filled with crime and this and that and all these other. Uh, well, let, let's let's get through this. Let, let's 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 wrap this episode up. Yeah, because uh, I'll have stories when we get later into the eight. When you think this was I mean, New York was bad. Yeah. But. You know, in the mid 80s with the crack explosion. Yeah. And we touched on on some of our previous episodes, but this was a lot of fun today. Absolutely. Yeah. I learned learned a lot. <laughs> I learned, you get the greatest uh, education uh, on last stop Penn Station. <laughs> you sure do. Uh, and especially for somebody that hasn't experienced those things, it's uh, a lot of fun going through the journey with you. And Jerry. you don't want to experience these things. There but you, you go. could live vicariously through the mistakes I made. And I'm lucky to be sitting here tonight. And that's and, the truth. Uh, it's, it's always amazing. You know, I, I think back to some of the stories you've told me off the air that we can't repeat on, on the air and some of the ones you have. And, you know, we've talked about Madison Square Garden. If you, if you think there's, there's not an opportunity to change and to turn things around and to achieve your biggest dreams, I, for a lot of people, there can be. And uh, that's the message that we want to continue to hammer home. So beautiful. It's uh, been been another wild ride here on Last Stop Penn Station. We encourage you to uh, subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play Podcasts, all that fun stuff. Buy the T-shirt at laststoppennstation.com. And the camel. The camel. Hey, uh, shout out to Mike and his wife from the Iron Pigs Clubhouse store who are big fans. I, I went in, went in and I bought the Iron Pigs pride shirt and this, this wonderful Fosnot hat. They listen to us every week. They want to oh, say really? they do. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Big, big. And I uh, want to give a shout out to uh, our producer, AJ. Absolutely. He does a great job. Yeah. The song creative and. Uh, unsung hero. He is an unsung hero. Um, as a matter of fact, on the, I guess it's going to be released was the week to week ROH release. Yeah. With the games. It just was uh, this past, this past Monday. You can go on YouTube and, and watch it right now. Great footage of the pinball machines. And that's carry. thanks to AJ. Yeah. It looks it's wonderful. Think I could do that? No. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. Check it out. And uh, hey, I'm as excited as you are about Ring of Honor's return. Yeah. I'm headed down to Baltimore next week to call some action. They, I'll tell you what. Top first class, top of the line tests. Uh, they're testing us pretty frequently. I mean, we had a baseline test. We're going to be tested when we get there. Tested before the event. Tested when we go home. Um, I'm sad. I'm conflicted. I, you know, I'd, I'd love to be there, but I understand it's safety first. I don't really want to be locked away, uh, yeah. but at the same time, naturally, I want to be there. But yeah, Ring of Honor, new content, exciting action is returning. Absolutely. And that'll be coming your way uh, very shortly after we film it and uh, and record it and get it ready for TV. So for Carrie Silk and I'm Ian Riccoboni, thanks for listening. Happy wrestling, everybody. And we'll see you next week on Last Stop Penn Station. listening to last stop penn station podcast rate review like subscribe and share on your favorite platform connect with us on facebook instagram and twitter or at laststoppennstation.com